Hey, welcome to Legacy City Church. <laughs> You're like, where else would we be right now? Well, I don't know, on vacation. There's a few people that have other things that they're doing. But I'm sure they're on their way, probably. Maybe. Maybe? Are they? Oh, okay, okay. Well, hey, we always know that that people trickle in, but we're just going to go ahead and start. And I want to start with an announcement. I posted this on Facebook this afternoon, um, our Wednesday night class that we're going to, or call it a class, our training time that we will incorporate into our worship and prayer on Wednesday nights will begin September 7th, and that will be this. So here's your little video promo. Prophecy doesn't just call out the future in somebody, it has the ability to transform them back into the person they were called to be. And that's our job. This is your mission if you should receive it, that we'd find treasures, hidden treasures, in secret places of darkness. We would call out those treasures and it would transform people back to the person that they were called to be so that they could fulfill their calling and their destiny and touch the earth with the kingdom of God. So we all know the power of the prophetic, how it can unlock things, it can unlock people's destinies, it can break people free from things that you have no idea that they're even stuck in. But with just a word, when, when God gives, gives a person a download from heaven about somebody and you, you release that word to them, it can totally break them free. Chris Valentin, he is... As you guys probably all know, he is the, the house prophet of Bethel Church. He trains thousands of students every year that come to Bethel to, to do the stuff, to um, help them grow in their royal identity, to learn how to lay hands on the sick and, and see people healed, to release the supernatural, and to learn how to prophesy. Prophecy is so important. Um, it, it unlocked this church for us. Tammy and I carried this little, this little church inside of us for a long time. And it took us going to a, a place where the prophetic was really moving. And a very anointed prophetic woman from Bethel gave us the words. I mean, we were strangers. You guys have heard the story. We were strangers there. And she approached us and said, I hear God say that you're here for clarity, direction, and you are to go plant that church. And that was it. That's exactly why we were there. So the, what, the, the gold, the secret in our heart was called out. So this training that Chris Valentin does is really helpful. It'll, it'll equip us. And we've gone through this many times, and I still can never get enough of it because it's so refreshing and helpful for us to fine-tune and to just to kind of shake off any, you know, any weird thinking that would kind of influence us from not being able to minister prophetically to people. But the reality is everyone can hear the voice of God, his, his main language is not English. So just so you know, you may be hearing the voice of God and you don't realize it. You may not be thinking that you're hearing him because he's not speaking to you in English audible sentences. Does that make sense? He gives us, well, anyway, the training is what this is all about, so I don't need to go into it. But he does give us little, little ways of speaking to us. Sometimes it's through a picture. Sometimes it's through a vision. Sometimes it could be a color. You're seeing a color or you're hearing a scripture verse or you got a picture of something, God speaks to us through our senses. Smell, 
taste, feeling. So those are all God's ways of speaking. So that's going to be fun. I uh, posted it on Facebook and I put it, I shared it to a couple Bremerton groups and it was kind of funny because immediately I got some little emoji face pop up that's like a laughing with tears face like, <laughs> hey, whatever, you can make fun of us all you want. Someone out there may need to know that there's this, this course and they can join in. That's September 7th. Then we have September 25th. Now you guys have a face, two faces to go with the names, Charlie and Lori Gossler. The Gosslers um, were, the first time we met those two was at the Global Legacy Conference when the young woman prophesied to us, God says you're to go plant that church. So Charlie and Lori ministered that weekend and he wrote a book basically after that, after that conference about the message that he delivered. He gave a message on the orphan spirit, and he gave his testimony about he um, was orphan. You know, his his uh, dad I think committed suicide. His mom overdosed on drugs, and um, he was basically orphaned. Him and his siblings, and, and his whole story though about how God broke in into his life and revealed to him the heart of the Father. So he got this revelation that totally transformed his life as well as the two of them being some of the first to go down to Toronto back in 1994, I think it was 94, when the outpouring first began, and they got, they got whacked big time. And when you meet them in September, they still, they still manifest, they still, you know, she'll do this whoa thing, and, and he's just like, he's a shoulder shrugger, he's like whoa. And they minister impartation. When they, we, the last time they were with us, we purposely bought carpets, little area rugs, I think four of them, to lay out on the floor because our previous space had concrete, dirty floors. Boys and Girls Club, you know, it's like sticky and boogery from kids. Sorry, kids, but you know, you make things all sticky and boogery. So we wanted nice, clean rugs for everyone to fall out on, and basically everyone fell out. And they're not pushers, they don't shove people, so you don't need to do courtesy falls. Um, but what would happen at the end of the meeting after they shared, um, they just had people come up and he would anoint them with oil. And once they hit the ground, she got down on the ground and would start prophesying over them. I can't wait to have them. It's been a while. It has been a while. And yeah, they're such fun people. You guys will love them. So we, we connected hearts with them immediately at that conference. There's just something, about, oh, and his message, I'm just going to go a little into this, um, but not too much. His message when he was preaching about the orphan heart, I can't remember exactly what happened, but in the middle of the preaching, when the room was quiet, I had a picture of, and it was related to him talking about the Father. I had this, like a, a vision. It, it was like a brief second, but it was strong and powerful. I saw myself being born. Well, I could talk about it, but not without crying. Exactly. So I saw myself being born and I knew it was me. Um, and I saw the doctor's rubber glove covered hands reaching down. I, I was a C-section baby, number four of four C-sections. I saw my head coming out of being taken out in the doctor's hands and God showed me his hands over the doctors. 
and I, you know, just this little momentary emotional thing that kind of creeps up, it hit me hard and heavy, and I started convulsing on the inside in a quiet room, and it's a good thing I have a lot of control over my emotions, because I might have started coughing or something. I don't know what happened, but I knew I held it in. It was good, because it was intense. And then at the end of his message, he had people come forward for impartation. We were watching people drop down laughing, and, and we're like, this is interesting, because we weren't used to seeing that. This was the first time that we had been in that kind of environment, um, in that intensity. And when he got, I don't know if I was first and then you, or you first, but he got to me, and I thought, am I going to fall out? Because you know, everyone who knows me knows I've been wanting to get zapped <laughs> by the power of God for years now. He got to me, and it was like, Whatever God was trying to birth on the inside, the baby was getting birthed all the way because I started convulsing and breaking. and <laughs> I was just a mess. And there was just something about that that they felt like they wanted to spend some time with us afterwards and um, know what was going on. And So anyway, we started this friendship with them, and now years later, you know, they're still friends of ours. We, I communicate with him through... Facebook Messenger, whatever, you know, the online version of Facebook version of Skype. I'm excited to have them. We are excited to have them, and I think you guys are really going to be blessed. So it will be on a Sunday. I think they plan on coming on a Saturday. I don't know. We'll have to see if that will work out to where we can get the extra goods from them on Saturday. So check in with everybody's calendars and see. Two meetings. Two meetings, exactly. Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get the goods. Okay, so that is it for announcements, I believe. Yeah, why don't we stand up? I'm just got I got to look around for a second here. I know you just got back from drill. Yeah, I'm assessing one person right now. He's trying to ignore me. I know you just got back from drill. But do you have it in you to blast us off with prayer? Okay. Come here. Grab this microphone. Tammy and I are going to go to our seats. Take your time. Nothing like being put on the spot. We're going to see if he's instant in season and out of season. Well, maybe I'll just like start by like supercharging people because uh, worship is just a it's cool to worship by yourself, God, but to, like, do it together is awesome. I, um, I was thinking, like, a week or two ago, um, well, this actually came to me when we were in Boston, um, when we were worshiping. Um, I'm up there with my flags, and another guy, you know, we're get, really getting into worship, right? And we're like, yeah, yeah! And, and I kind of looked over, it's like, yeah! Yeah, I realized, I'm like, Hey, you know, sometimes it's okay to, like, look at each other and, like, really rev each other up for, for God, like, and get excited. Like, if you were at a concert, uh, you know, you're having fun together. And, you know, over the past few years, my perspective on God has really changed. Like, I've really learned that He is a good Father. He really does bless us. He really does love us. He really does have good things for our future. And that's why I get so excited. And so... I just want to supercharge you guys. Like, God is awesome. He's so good. It's okay to, like, 
It's okay to even, you don't have to look at each other if you're like giving a woo. Yeah. All right. God is awesome. But you can hear each other in the room. And that's a, that's a force multiplier. We talk about a lot about that in the military, force multipliers. But with each other, we are force multipliers. One causes 100 to flight, and two causes 1,000, and do the rest of the math. So, all right, you guys, are you ready? Can we get some woos? And some yeah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time we get to be together. We get to worship you together. We get to praise you. We get to give you all the glory because all the glory is due to you, Lord God. Lord, you, you literally pulled the, chair, the wheels off the chariots when the, you know, when the Egyptians were trying to go after the Israelites. You literally showed up and showed down all the, all the other uh, gods that the Egyptians were trying to do. And you'll do the same in our lives, and we totally expect that. So, Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And we just love you. And we, we, this time is for you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, this time, this, this praise we give you, this is for you. And we're going to fill this space for you. We love you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I give you praise, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 29 says, Proclaim his majesty, all you mighty sons of Yahweh, giving all the glory and strength back to him. Be in awe before his majesty. Be in awe before such power and might. Come worship before wonderful Yahweh, arrayed in all his splendor. Bowing in worship as he appears in the beauty of holiness. Give him the honor due his name. Worship him wearing the glory garments of your holy priestly calling. The voice of the Lord echoes through the skies and seas. The God of glory reigns as he thunders in the clouds. So powerful is his voice, so brilliant and bright. How majestic as he thunders over the great waters. I don't know how to say this word. His tympanic? Timepanic? Tympanic thunder topples the strongest of trees. His symphonic sound splinters the mighty forests. Now he moves Zion's mountains by the might of his voice shaking the snowy peaks with his ear-splitting sound. The lightning fire flashes, striking as he speaks. God reveals himself when he makes the fault lines quake, shaking the deserts, speaking his voice. God's mighty voice makes the deer to give birth. Picture that. His thunderbolt voice lays the forest bare. In his temple, all fall before him, with each one shouting, Glory, glory, the God of glory. Above the furious flood, the enthroned one reigns. The king God rules with eternity at his side. This is the one who gives his strength and might to his people. 
This is the Lord giving us his kiss of peace. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes, Father, we thank you, God. God, we thank you for your peace, God. We thank you for your voice. You are so worthy, Father. You're so majestic. Nobody compares to you, Father. Praise you, God. Just as I'm praying, I'm just seeing this stream of water and just like the sunset and the water just pouring over and over. And he's just saying that that water that never, just like the water from the mountains, that just, it never ends. It's always there. That he's always there for us. If we're thirsty, we just need to go to him. His rivers are never ending. We can get refreshed and filled up. He's a never ending waterfall. Let's just wait on the Lord. Maybe just pray in the Spirit. The Lord wants to do business tonight. I'm convinced that he wants to heal bodies. Yes. He always does. He's the healer. He wants to speak a word of encouragement to your soul, to your spirit. Because he's our prophet and our priest and our king. Yes. Earlier, I just felt like I heard the Lord say that he wants to uh, strengthen or bolster immune systems. 
So if, if that's you, just raise your hand. If you need your immune system boosted. Got a couple of you. Okay. Do you do you have the ability to come stand up here? We won't let you fall. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, we can, here. I'll grab a chair. I, okay, you got that one. Thank you, Barbara. Come on up, Johnny. There you go, Mama Linda. This is this is for you. You don't want it? No. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, take it. That way we don't have you fall down. You want to come a little closer, John? Can you get a couple of you this to come around and lay hands and turn on your fire hoses? I'd like to actually get the kids over here too. Can you youngsters come? That's all of you. Let's let the kids get the, the first line of hands on. Yeah, girls, get Linda. Boys, come over here on John. God knows. He's going to strengthen your immune system. Okay, kids, turn your sprinklers on. Jesus. The name of Jesus. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who comes after me, Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we just release the fire of God now. Fire of God, come. Burn through the immune systems. Burn through their bodies. We just call forth life. Energy, strength, and we just say sickness, bow to the name of Jesus. Bow to the name of Jesus. Yeah, hey kids, just speak speak a word out loud over them. Just say life. Just say life. Gotta say it. The, king, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Jesus didn't think his way out of the wilderness. He spoke. So we speak life to say life. Life now in Jesus' name. Life. Life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's the great fixer. He fixes broken things. He makes all things new. Yeah, he restores my soul. He restores our soul. I won't mess it up, John. It's tempting. curls. Yeah. People pay money to get curls like this. Yeah, he restores my soul. 
the same spirit that he caused to live within us is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit of resurrection power, the spirit of life. He says, behold, I make all things new. Resurrection life. Power to raise from the dead is flowing through your body. It's flowing through your veins. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So now that we prayed for healing and released, is there any prophetic word to, to speak over them? Prophets in the house. I felt like tonight Barbara was um, getting a picture of, over our meeting of what Jesus was doing in the meeting. Is that true? Were you getting a picture? So we were all sitting for the recording. We were all sitting in Father God's hands. Awesome. So that's where we're at now. We just rest in his presence. Yes. We rest in his hands. His hands are huge. Yes. I feel like he's saying, I've got this. Yeah. Yes. I've got this. You haven't yet grasped how good I am. So I want everybody to take a deep breath in and to release. And the Lord wants to remind you that his peace surpasses all your understanding your understanding of disease, of sickness, of weariness, of weariness. And it says his peace will guard your heart. So Lord, I just pray that your heart, Lord, I pray for a heart transplant. I pray for your heart to be placed within each of us in Jesus' name, that your peace would walk with us and in us. Your breath in us is greater. Your breath of life is greater than any word or diagnosis from a doctor or a scan, any rumor of illness, anything in the air. His breath of life in you is greater. not too late if anyone else just needs a good blast to your immune system is that stuff called immune C or something like that it's poison emergency yeah it's poison that's what I saw on the on the interwebs I don't know no. Jesus is greater take your supplements take your vitamins take your immune increasers well, I just want to grab that for her. No, I don't need that. No, Got the invisible microphone here <laughs> floating in front. Let's just put our hands out. Everyone here, just even if you're sitting now, let's just put our hands out. Father, we just declare that everywhere we go is a perfect health zone. Yes. Just say it. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go 
is a perfect health zone. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, you touched a leper and you got leprosy. In the New Testament, you touch the leper and they get healed. They get clean. Jesus lives inside of us. What would Jesus do? WWJD. People, I think, ruined that, but the truth is still there. What would Jesus do? What is he doing in the room? And I believe he, he's, he walked around the room. I saw it in worship. <clears throat> we asked him before the meeting started to, to come and walk through the room to release his life, release grace. I, I felt like I saw him touching every person in, in the, on the chest and on the head. I felt like he was releasing just kingdom glory, kingdom goodness. So we just receive your goodness tonight, Lord. We receive the gift of your grace. Grace for healing, grace for strength in our bodies. Even over our minds, Lord, we just, if you need to put your hands on your head, do it. If you don't, whatever, just put them over your head or up above. Just God, we receive grace over our minds tonight, over our thinking. Your word says that we have received the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit in us. That the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him, but he has revealed it to us by his spirit. We have the mind of Christ. So Lord, we thank you that your thoughts are being released to us. Your answers, your solutions are being revealed and released to your sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord. It's never too late for a prophetic unction, so if anyone needs to release a word, do it. So I, I actually saw the throne room clouds while we were worshiping. What I saw was a castle. You know, as kingdom ambassadors, we're sent to go out. We are Christ's inheritance to go out into the world. And I saw the Lord wants to anoint us as arrows to pierce the darkness, but also as carriers of his oil and his presence. So depending on where we're going or what your call is, you could be one or the other, or it depends on the moment. And the Lord was also reminding me, maybe to remind you guys, think back to one of those memories you have with the Lord when he touched you in only the way he can. Maybe you were slain in the spirit. Maybe you were touched with electricity when his power and his love came upon you. Just close your eyes for a second and just, what comes to your mind? What's that last memory? Because the Lord wants to do more than that. So the Lord wants to stir up those seeds of destiny. Those times of the past that we've had with him, those were great. And this is not enough. The best is yet to come. We haven't seen or taste. We're, we're not the, at the end of our book. We're just starting this book. We're in chapter one and the gates are open we are getting out of the castle and we are carrying the word we're carrying the anointing and we are equipped to pierce the darkness 
So Lord, I just pray right now that you would release, Holy Spirit, that you would remind each one of us of that precious moment when we encountered you that had the most impact, whether it was last week or 10 years ago, that you would stir up that memory and we would be hungry to have an even greater memory. And not just a memory, but an experience, a daily carrying of your relationship, of your presence, of your anointing, that we are equipped to go out and be those arrows to pierce the darkness, to bring your light, your love, and the oil of joy of gladness. Thank you, Lord. far as anointing and we should always be anointed but uh, I remember uh, Christian and our whole family we went to the monster truck shows in Tacoma and these monster trucks they had 2,500 horse that's 2,500 horsepower and man it just shook your body and I'm sitting there you know, and I told Christian, I says, that's how the anointing is. <laughs> that's when the Holy Spirit comes and it's just, whoa, you know, you're holding on. And last week, we went to the NHRA. Got it. That's the National Hot Rods Association. This is where all the drag cars go, top elimination and everything. And the rail jobs, that's the super, super car. They had 12,000 horsepower. And every time they went down the street, down the strip, they lowered the strip. Used to be a quarter mile, now it's only 1,000 feet. Because these cars have so much power, they would take off. There was too many accidents, so they had to lower it. And 12,000 horse, I stood up, and it just gave you body rushes. I'm not, it, it was so much power. And I looked at Christian, I said, I think that's the anointing that's coming. You know, I mean, I was able to, you know, I said, you know, on the 2,500 horse, the, the monster trucks, they, it was awesome. But these drag cars with 12,000, I, I can't even imagine, you know, having that, but it was there because. I mean, you know, you just sat there as it passed by, just for a moment, it just, the vibration, it, 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 the concussion all over your body. I mean, that's how the Holy Spirit can come, and that's how much power he's, 12,000, he's got millions of horsepower. <laughs> he's got angel power, and that's immeasurable, you know, and Jesus, all the miracles he done was immeasurable, you know. It was awesome, and, and that was, you know, I sat there and I think we're in for a ride. <laughs> awesome. Pearls, do you guys have something? Maybe. You gotta, gotta come up. I, I need you to speak into that. If you would. A brand new revelation. Um, Don't go too far back. I, I have a, um, I have a black lab that I rescued um, seven years ago, and he, he's got cancer in his leg, 
and I already had it operated on once, and they said, you know, they probably won't do it again because of his age, but it's also like a $2,000 surgery. And I said, Jesus, he's not, I'm not ready to put him down. He's not going to go through this, you know, and I'm arguing and telling the Lord, do something, you know, I, and you know how you go back and forth. And I heard very clearly, and this is kind of new to me, he said, Linda, you've got to turn him over to me. And I mean, I just stood there and went, what do you mean? He said, let go of the burden give me the burden let me let me you know and I guess I'm just saying that I think in every situation in life when we're, we try to hold on and we you know we are Christians and we do have words of life that God gives us but I think many many times the father is saying let it go give it to me it's not yours to carry and I feel better. I'm still struggling, like, what should I do, Papa? But I, I feel like I literally just said, okay, here's Archie. You can have him. And that was really hard for me because I think, you know, I need to do it. So I just wanted to encourage you in that. Sometimes we, we can get really burdened down with things that we want to have happen and, you know, and a lot of times God is saying, you need to let go. You're not, you, you're not the one doing this. I'm going to do it. Give it to me. So I don't know if that can help anybody, but it really helped me. This, It's new to me. It's like I realized how strong-willed I was and how I'm going to, you know, tell God, you need to do this, Father, because you said you would, you know. And I just, it was so gentle the way he said it because he know my heart's hurting. He just said, give him to me. Awesome. So. Sweet. That was good. And, and by the way, do you have something? So hold on to that. Let me share a testimony yes. real quick, and then you share it. So we just want to give a praise report as well. If you didn't already know this, you know, Jill, she's still recouping after her fall. Um, but she, the doctor thought that some of her symptoms could possibly lean towards bone cancer. And so we prayed against that and obviously she got a lot of prayer and the results came in from her PET scan and she is clean. So they could find nothing. So, so thank God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know. That's kind of weak. I think we should give him thanks. Yeah, Let's just think of it. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, he is the resurrection and the life. He is our healer. Yeah. And we're going to declare that restoration accelerates and that she'll be back with us, like, soon. Maybe even Wednesday. Yeah. So, Amy, give us that word. It's just... Just a picture when we were praying over John and Linda, I was picturing um, sometimes there's those graphics of like fiber cables connecting or the electricity coming through the wires. Anyway, um, I had this picture of like the fire of God in your 
nerves, your veins, your capillaries, like all the things I don't know, your arteries. For some reason, arteries was highlighted for you. I don't know why. Anyways, I was just picturing the fire of God going through all of the pathways in in your entire body and just purifying. I was hearing like refiner's fire, purifying fire, driving out anything that causes any issues or causes any um, immunity know suppressing things so anyway i just wanted to encourage you with that because i felt like god was doing that when we were praying for you that's good awesome all right before we we move on david did you have anything share if there's something that you feel like is ready for us i mean when tammy was talking about you know god is that waterfall that river of life i saw the same thing that barbara was saying those big hands coming out you saw hands too. Just lifting and lifting and lifting. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Because awesome. you see the hand, you know, his hands coming out, and you're just like, oh man, I can just, he's got it. God really does got it. And we can just be with him. And we can, like you, Linda was saying, we can just let it go. Yeah. And we can just put all of that love back on him. And spend time with them and um, you know just reminded me of like you know sometimes sometimes we trip and fall and stuff sometimes we're that sheep way out there yonder and he's he's coming out he'll come and find you and bring you back and even when when you're coming back with him you know maybe you're, you're that little lamby he's tripping still tripping and falling as he's bringing you back to the flock it's like no you got it come on we got this bring you back and it's fine so I just thought that was a word of encouragement you know he's bringing us back he's bringing us back to himself and we can put it all on him and I love that sweet <laughs> now that she's had a good rest sitting down so this is more testimony than and anything. So, you know, my cousin Lori is trying to sell her house. There have been a lot of obstacles coming in the way there. Some of them go back a long way. So I had some time ago, like over a month ago, brought in a jug of olive oil and it's just been, had been sitting there just absorbing and getting blasted. And so, yeah, so I took it away with me Wednesday and I went out this morning and, and anointed her property. And, um, uh, I'm sure you all know how when someone you love is in a great deal of turmoil that you want to take on all their burdens and well and we also know <laughs> that's not the way it works so I'm, I'm out there anointing your property and you know praying worship blah, blah, blah. and it just just got the word again I've got this just let it go I've got this and so yeah just let it go it, it was uh, that oil, wow, I tell you, is so powerful because it's just been absorbing the grace that has been bestowed here and just the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's just really powerful. I'm going to bring some in for you for pause. <laughs> I got some with your name on it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that. And just the whole place just felt blessed and purified and peaceful and joyful and you can just you know you can add a thousand adjectives to that but it was just so connected with 
with Kingdom Glory. It was just a beautiful place to be. Now I'm hoping maybe she won't sell it because I love going there. But yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> you know, when you said that, it made me think of, I remember um, when Bill Johnson was preaching one time and he was talking about prayer and talking about how he felt this burden to pray. And then all of a sudden he didn't. And he's like, do I keep praying for this? And the Lord's like, no, you're done. Now move on. And so I think it's really important for us to be really sensitive to the spirit and pray for things. And in a sense, that's kind of taking on a burden for something, you know, praying for it. But then knowing just when to let it go and just lay it down and walk away from it and be like, okay, I've prayed. Even if it was for five minutes that you prayed, like sometimes just a five minute prayer, like, Lord, I just need you to do this or whatever, take care of this and walk away from it and let it let it go and let him just be God instead of because I think we can over strive and over pray on things sometimes not that there's not a time to like really dig in and go to war right exactly exactly we can't out compete him so <laughs> yeah yeah we sang it tonight where you go I'll go what you say I'll say it's a powerful song it's so important for us to come back to the center of our relationship with him and allow him to lead us. Like, it needs to become even more real than our current experience, I think. Yeah. You know, we, just when we think that we're following his lead, yet we find ourselves doing so many things out of habit or out of, out of you know, typical Christian response to things. But take a pause. Yeah and ask him, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What are you saying in this situation? How do you want me to pray? You know? Yeah. Uh, she was saying, how do you want me to pray? And one time, Charlie and I was, uh, we were going to pray for our well. They were going to come out and dig our well. And I says, I think right there is where we're dig it and uh, we said let's go up there and pray and this is up on a hill you see anyway uh, we walked up as we were approaching it you know we both just started weeping I mean we just we fell to our knees (laughs) it was awesome I mean we just started We didn't have to say any words. You know, it was really cool. That's, that's, that's like you were saying. Sometimes you can stop right there and let the Lord take care of it. Yeah. You know? Sweet. Well, you guys did good. And there's still enough time to hit Ephesians 4 tonight. And... <laughs> I have a timer on the back there that's fresh so that, so that I or anyone else that's ever sharing. And by the way, these two did awesome last yes. week. Yes, yes, yeah, I think it was awesome. Yes, okay. And I, I shared, did you share with David what I told you? Well, one of our, one of our um, own, one of our 17 year olds, only have one, made a comment that he thought it was really good that you guys, even if it went a little longer than normal, that you guys got it all out because you needed to. So hearing that from 
this young man over here, he agreed. He was like, <laughs> everyone wanted to hear what you guys had, and, yeah. and we know there's more. Yeah. So in a couple weeks, Tammy and I are going to be taking off on a Sunday and getting out of Houston, getting out of Bremerton, the region, we are going to celebrate our anniversary. And so y'all, all y'all are gonna just take care of this, how things are running. And are you both sharing or just David? Are you gonna just make him share? You should. She should be by your side though. I think it's really powerful. But don't give her the microphone because she'll end up preaching. <laughs> you can have a chair. <laughs> you can both have a chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Forrest and Amy, and I know they're gonna be sharing. I didn't talk to you guys yet, but I know I'm hoping that sometime maybe in <laughs> September <clears throat> I'd get you guys to share as well. So anyway, we can uh, let's let's get cozy. If you need some fresh water, get your cup of water. I have a word for Cheryl. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get that done now okay. since we're kind of in that momentum. Can we, David, Cheryl, can we bring you up and pray for you? Is that okay? Bring you what? I just want we can pray for her. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do a uh, just. We're not quite done with with um, the Lord's business. I mean, it's all His business, but. Okay. So. Here, let me stand over here. Okay. So the Lord showed me your hands today. I don't know. I'm getting emotional. He wants to. Um, he wants to anoint your hands. This school season is going to be the best school season you've had. The burden you're carrying, the Lord sees it. The Lord has a new calendar for you. I don't even know if you're getting maybe a new physical calendar, a different brand you haven't used before. But just ask the Lord how he wants to organize your time this year and look for new ways and different ways. And the Lord wants, um, he's reminding me too of the word I gave both you and your husband, that you're on an island with him. And he wants you to tap into that rest. When those times of stress come, because this is an unknown season, we don't know what the school year is going to bring. It's not organized yet. The administration, but the school system, I don't know what you're dealing with, what it looks like, but it's not coming together. Yeah. So as you're getting ready, Maintain your peace and your rest. And the Lord, I see your hands. He is strengthening your hands. And he's placing a new anointing upon your hands for this season. So Lord, I just thank you right now for the work that you have given Cheryl. I thank you for the words of wisdom, of knowledge, and of comfort. I thank you for the counsel that she is and that she is your love extended not just to the kids she's working with, but to the rest of the staff and on the school grounds, Lord, that you have anointed her to carry your presence, to be that bold lioness, to walk in and you establish his presence. <laughs> the lion roars through you, Cheryl. The lion roars through you. You silence the enemy. You silence confusion. Cheryl, you need to speak to that chaos, and you need to tell it to be quiet in Jesus' name. When you step foot 
onto that ground. You tell it to get into order because you are a daughter of the Most High King. And your job is to steward those precious children. Your job is to bring love to the families. And your job is to establish his peace. You are a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. The Lord has given you all authority to speak on behalf of his kingdom in his name. Do not tremble, do not quiver, be bold. The Lord has given you wisdom to speak precisely in that moment. And you are a lampstand that cannot go out. Your light is not dim. The Lord is anointing you and filling you anew. You will be a brighter light than you've been before. And the Lord is strengthening you to stand. And Lord, I just also ask for your grace to be upon her. And I ask for new support to come around her where she hasn't had that. Lord, show her that she's not the only one. Lord, I ask for two other, um, two other women to come and stand with her. Two other women, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for this trio that you have anointed and appointed for this season and this time. That you are speaking life and hope and a future into this next generation. In Jesus' name. sit down. I feel like the Lord wants to release over you into your body. Just, we already prayed for the immune system, but I feel like this is going to be a school year where you're not even going to experience the sickness that you have in the past. That what the kids carry is not going to jump on you, but actually what you carry is going to jump on them. So speaking of force multipliers, you're going to be a force multiplier in that schoolroom, in those classrooms, and yeah, you are going to release that peace, you are going to make the peace. You're there for a reason. You were appointed for such a time as this to, to be in that school. That is your mountain. Cheryl, you need to tell that spirit of fear over all of the things to go. It cannot exist while you are there. It can't. It needs to go, and there needs to be peace all the extra angels to come on down, just the presence of God to come on down. But that thing can't be in the same room with you. So start expecting that. Start expecting to see that. Just You just walk in and own the place because it's the sure. Lord in you. Maybe you already do that. Do a little extra. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Actually see going in early before anyone else is there in that classroom and you just taking authority over that space before anyone even steps in that room you take authority over that space so don't be afraid to do that just even on the days you're like oh, i don't want to do this i don't want to go in early even if it's five minutes early like you go in there and you just take that space you claim that space yeah so yeah Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that's your classroom. Yeah. You guys all take that for yourselves too. Yeah. When you go into your sphere of influence, take authority over it. Yeah. You carry the kingdom within you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The Holy Spirit 
is inside of you and where the Holy Spirit is, that's where the kingdom is at. And you can release that river of living water, that river of his presence. You can release the authority of Jesus over that space. Yep. Even if you homeschool, I know there's days, and I'm sure you guys deal with this, there's days when none of us want to do school. And we're all like, mm -hmm, get my school books out. And it's like, we need to, as moms, and even our kids can do this, we need to take authority over that space and say, no, God has given us this, this is our sphere for now, and we need to have authority over that, and we even need to, you know, we, our kids need to learn to take authority over their own emotions and whether or not they, they want to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think there's a time, you know, when we were, um, we were living in a different house, and, you know, the kids were all younger, and sometimes things would just feel, and this didn't happen often, but things would feel kind of chaotic almost. And I remember Ethan in particular would be like, hey, mom, do you want, because this is, was my go-to all the time, is when I'd feel it, I'd put worship on. But it, me doing that got my kids to where they would do it. And Ethan would be like, mom, do you want me to put worship on? Because somebody maybe was having a temper tantrum in another room or something. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> and they would put worship on, and then the house, just peace, would come into the house. And so um, in your classroom, in your workplace, wherever you go, you need to say, this is my space. I'm taking authority over this place, and nothing is going to happen unless I allow it. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, good. Oh, good. And That's awesome. The teachers are taking territory. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Yeah, we is, we've, we've uh, I don't know why I'm going to grab that from you. Don't touch my microphone. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. We've declared it. My mouth establishes praise yeah. to yeah. silence the enemy. It's like taking duct tape and just slapping it right on the devil's mouth. Yeah. It's like, shh. Well, sometimes we need to slap duct tape over our own mouths because we don't know hey. when to stop talking. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. I know you're not talking to me. I am not talking to you at all. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Shut up, shut up. Hey, you know, if you guys were here or you listened to the podcast, if you weren't here, those two there mentioned a couple powerful books this Chuck Pierce book, Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness. Look how thin it is for those of you easy like me read. who don't like to read a lot. Easy read. Um, I brought it here because I don't want it just sitting on the ottoman. I know that Tammy wants to read it. But, I do. But I need to get it reading it. Yeah. And then I'll put it and back then, on the ottoman. Exactly. And then, of course, we got the nice version of Chuck <laughs> Pierce's book, Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce, Releasing the Prophetic Destiny of a Nation. And Washington State has its own section here. It's all the 50 states and what these prophetic prayer warriors sense God was saying for each state. So it's really good. That'll probably be the first thing I plow through. And just we for, started it. Just for Washington. Yeah. I, mean, I care about the other states, but you know, this is my state. <laughs> and like some of you in the room, you were born in this state. This is my city. And I, I feel like I want to encourage all of us, take ownership. Take ownership of your classroom. Take ownership of your apartment complex. Take ownership over your homeschool classrooms. Take ownership over your workplace, your business. Take ownership over your city. Yeah. 
There was that prophetic word I shared a, a little while back that was from one of our friends who saw the, the shipyard and the dryness hovering over, and he said that he heard a voice, and this was when he wasn't walking with God, but he'd always been kind of prophetic growing up in the church world, and he, he heard the voice of God say, it's time to redig the wells. And then he had a scripture, you know, to, to draw out the lines and write down the vision on the scroll. So, you know, we know, we know what our vision is that God's called us to do as a church and as a body, but we also want to draw out the lines, you know, and know where our territory is at. Yeah. And in that word he had mentioned from Bill, uh, Benny Johnson's book, The Happy Intercessor, um, to that, that walk, walk in the city that you live in and be owners of it. Like, we did move away for a decade, just down the road. I mean, we only went to Pierce County and then we came running right back because, well, anyway, we have our, our reasons that God allowed us to feel, to motivate us. God does that. He'll use things to irritate you and get under your skin just to move you if you're kind of one of those that doesn't move easy. kind of stuck. <laughs> you're like, I'm good here. So, Bremerton's our home. We, we love this city. This is, this is the city of my birth, and this is the city that we're called to, unless he calls us to go somewhere else and hand the church over to Barbara. Yeah, Barbara's <laughs> like, yeah. And you can redecorate it any way you want. And I probably will. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Whoa. Goodness. That's awesome. Okay, to each his own. I love that. So. Let's, let's take the last 17 minutes, 16, 17 minutes, maybe 15, depending on which clock I'm looking at, and let's, let's plow through this. Fine, I mean, it's been a good month at least since we read some scriptures, and we are supposed to do that in the church if we're Christians. <laughs> Churches that don't read the Bible, I mean, I sh should question, you know, you really... I know, I did read scripture, but I felt like the Lord led me to that, that actual passage. Whoa! Things are moving and I'm not even touching. Angels. It is a waterfall. Um, what was that psalm that I read? I just remember during worship, the Lord reminded me of that scripture where it says his voice is over the waters, the one where his voice thunders and the deer give birth. And I just pictured the, his voice being so loud that the, the, the deer is like... <laughs> the, the baby deer just flops out I mean his voice that, that portion of scripture says his voice strips the forest bare like the bark on the trees that's how powerful he is John was talking about the power beyond monster trucks his voice is so powerful it will strip the forest bare it will shake us to the core yet at the same time his voice can be such a still, small voice, like a whisper. I guess it just depends on how stubborn you are. John, do you, do you really need him just to shake you to the core? <laughs> or are you just so such a submitted, yielded son of the king that just the slightest whisper, and you're like, yes, Lord, anything you ask. Anyway, okay, I'm joking with you a little bit. Got to razz you. So this is Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. We're going to knock it out of the ballpark in 15 minutes unity and the fivefold ministry gifts it's tempting to really like go into rabbit trails in this but we're just gonna we're gonna go for it <clears throat> even if i just read it and that's it and we just go home well we won't go home because you guys like to stay and yak until 10 30 at night sometimes 10 45 i think was the latest quarter to 11 no it was 11 
45. What on earth? Okay, so here's Paul. We're back with the Apostle Paul. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy. I feel like we shy away from the call to holiness often in the church world because we know that it is all by grace, right? Amen? It's all by grace. If it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't be saved. And we cannot earn it. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. Yet you give yourself away. Is that, does that say it right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So we know it's all by grace, and it's through the blood of Jesus that we have been made holy, and it's through his blood that we've been freed from all sin. And it's by his Holy Spirit coming into us to give us a new nature of a son or a daughter of God. So if the Spirit of God has come in, you are a holy child of God. You are a saint. You are set apart. Your new nature is a nature of holiness. The, the problem that we face is, are we, gonna, are we going to walk in our new nature, or are we going to walk in the patterns of the flesh of the old dead man? See, you still kind of got this, do I say that? Is that unbiblical? A chain? <laughs> we still have remnants of the dead man or dead woman. Does that, does that sound right? Remnants? No, no, no. He's dead. It's dead. It's completely dead. There might be some attachments that we still need to get rid of. I'll just say it that way. But the reality is God is not focused on your past and on your, your dead nature. That, that old man was crucified, dead, and buried with Christ on the cross. Your water baptism was your outward display of that agreement with heaven that my old person is dead and buried, buried in that water grave. And behold, all things are new. I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. Therefore, the Holy Spirit in you is not focused on things of the past or your mistakes that you make if you have habits or remnants of the past that come back into your life. Stinking thinking for existence. Let's say you've always thought a certain way and God has just yet to deal with it. You know, we are, as Christians, we are in a process of regeneration the Holy Spirit has come in and regenerated us. That wasn't the word. But, and we are in a process of sanctification. Sanctification. Say it with me. Sanctification. You've got to say it like a southerner. Sanctification. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. We are in the process. So you have been declared holy by God, but at the same time, you are being made holy. We read that in Ephesians, somewhere towards the end of Ephesians. I can't remember if it's chapter 10. It says, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. He has already made you perfect forever, but you are being made holy. I think it has something to do with the dual citizenship. You're, you're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm, and I don't think there's any sinners up there. There's only saints, and that's who you are. Yet you're still walking here on the earth. You're a dual citizen. So there's things that you do while you're on earth that probably don't, they don't reflect the true you, the true nature of Jesus inside of you. And God is focused on transforming you and me more and more in increasing measures into the glory and likeness of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says it. As we behold his face, as we behold him, the veil is removed and we behold him and we are being transformed from glory to glory to glory with ever-increasing measures which comes from the Lord. So that's his, his desire is to work in you. 
The scripture says that it is he who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. I feel like the spirit of preaching is on me right now. Okay, which that's okay, but I'll never get through this. Don't worry, don't worry, I'm, I'm working with him. If I say something that sounds like, well, why would you shut it off? I'm not. I'm just like, okay, because I could take what he's given me and then rabbit trail. Okay, so Paul, you know, he's a prisoner writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul, Paul spent a lot of time in jail. He wrote this, these letters like this, and he said, I plead with you. He's like pleading, walk holy. Now, why would he say that if it wasn't really something that Christians should, I mean, we should not be navel gazers, not be so focused inwardly that, God, am I sinning? Is there any sin? But it is good to take inventory once in a while because you could become blinded to your own sin and weaknesses. That's why it's good to have others around us that we invite to speak into our lives so that we have our blind spots, you know, watched for us. It's not like we look for each other's dirt, right? We're, we're, we're not dirt seekers. We're looking for the treasure. We're looking for the gold in one another. And if I know that you're looking for my gold, I don't mind if you touch my dirt. If you know I'm looking for your gold, you shouldn't mind if I have to just put that dirt right there. It's kind of keeping you from really shining bright. It's not because I want to point out your sin. It's not because you want to point out my sin. We're not about that. We just want to see Jesus shining through us. Amen? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Here we go. This is your position. You are in a high rank of position, seated with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the heavenly realm, the commander of the angel armies. You are seated with the commander. The storm is upon us. <laughs> and he is our champion. He is our victor. And he is the peace yeah. in the middle of the storm. Amen. It sounded like I was preaching something weird. <laughs> the storm is upon us. It is. Thank God we have an oasis to come to, a place of refuge. We get to go into the bow of the ship where Jesus is resting. And we get to snuggle up with him, worship, get refreshed, and then we get back out there. Amen? Amen. Okay. With, that was verse 1. We're getting somewhere. With tender humility. Oh, wait, I got to back up. So suitable to your high rank given to you in your divine calling. You have all been called to a high rank in Christ. With tender humility and quiet patience. Quiet patience, women. No, I'm joking. <laughs> tender humility. <laughs> Look at her. She wants to punch me. Always demonstrate the gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially towards those that you're married to. I mean, especially to those who may try your patience. <laughs> Do I try your patience? Well, give me extra love and mercy. Come on, obey the scriptures. We don't have to focus on wives obey your husbands because we say husbands and wives obey the scriptures. You do your part, I'll do mine. Exactly. <laughs> Be faithful. Oh, sorry, this is getting wacky. Okay, verse three. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony. Oh, I shouldn't say this jokingly. No, you Be faithful. Yes. It's okay to laugh in church, by the way. Right. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. We want to protect our unity. We want to protect our harmony, our unity with peace. We want to be gracious with each other. We want to call out the treasure. We want to encourage one another because we need one another. And, and God's desires that we walk together in unity, or as the Passion Translation says, harmony. 
So the harmony, sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. I love Paul. I love the New Testament. I love the whole Bible, but I mean, I really love stuff that Paul wrote. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. I'm going to make a quick little side note here. When it says He lives in us all, that does not refer to every human being on the planet. If you disagree with me, we can talk about it. But I'm preaching, and you're not. So, so I, I get to say it. I believe that when you read this scripture, Paul is writing to Christians who have received the Spirit of God. Not everyone has received the Spirit of God. Romans 8 says, if you do not have the Spirit of Christ living in you, then you don't belong to Him. So not everyone has the Spirit of God. All human beings on this planet were created in the image of God and are image bearers of the Creator. You and I, at one time, before we came to Jesus, we did not have him living in us. We weren't born again. The Spirit of God was not birthed into us, causing our personal spirit to become united with his in becoming this new creature, this new creation in Christ. At one time, we were separated from God, dead in our sins and transgressions. But Christ came to us. He came to you, and he, he drew you with his loving kindness. And, and you were chased down like I was by the hound of heaven. And you were cornered by him. And his grace to you was irresistible. You could not refuse him. You knew you needed him. At one time you knew you needed the rescuer to pull you out of the pit and set your feet on a rock. And he breathed life into you. And he gave you a new life, a new heart. He took that stony heart of rock and put inside of you a fresh, new heart of flesh. So when he's writing this, one faith, one baptism, one father, he is the perfect father who leads us all, works through us all. Not everyone is he working through, right? Amen? I mean, you might try to find ways that God is working through people that are walking in darkness, and he probably is working on them and moving them to the best of his ability, but he did not create us as, as robots. We don't just automatically do everything he motivates us to do, especially as non-believers, let alone as believers, right? We have to yield ourselves to him. Okay. And lives in us all. I, I would say this is referring to Christians, because this was a letter written to the church. And he has generously given each of us supernatural grace, according to the size of the gift of Christ. So we've each received a gift from Christ, and he's given you supernatural grace according to the size of that gift. He's given you a gift and grace to anoint it, to walk in it, and do the works that he prepared for you to do in advance. If you ever wonder what God has called you to do, what, what's my calling on my life? What is it that you want to do? Bill Johnson says, what is it you really want to do? Be a nurse, be a doctor, be a mailman? Not really, but... Then, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, preach the gospel, and deliver mail. You're a priest on your mountain, Cheryl. Right? There you go. 
And he has generously given each of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says, he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. So you're thinking, what does that mean? Well, let me answer it. Scripture tells you in the next verse. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven even to the lower regions, namely the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Now, an easy rabbit trail that I'm not going to go into is, well, what does he descended mean? Does it just he descended from heaven and became a baby and walked the earth? Some scholars believe that is it. Some scholars believe that this is actually referencing him when he died on the cross and was put into the tomb, that he went into the depths of Hades, into hell, and took captives with him out of that place. Preached to the prisoners, according to uh, either first or second Peter. See, I was going to show you guys these, but then I thought it's going to take too long. Scholars may argue, and then they agree to disagree. It's really not that important. One thing to remember, if you're thinking, well, Jesus, if he was in the grave and went to hell for three days, he told the thief on the cross next to him, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know. You figure it out, study it out on your own. We're not going to focus on that one. But I like how the Passion Translation translated it. He came from heaven to earth, and then he who came descended also ascended high above the heavens to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. So here we go. Here's our focal point tonight. And it's already eight, so we're going to go just a smidgen over if you guys are okay with that. You're so gracious. If you, I mean, they would tell 8.45. Don't I at least get go 10 minutes over? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Don't worry. We're going to let them do it again. Got the clock on. Okay. So, speaking of Jesus, Jesus gave gifts, right? It says he, was, he has appointed. He has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. Some, not everyone is each one of these, but some are. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers. Say all. all. It's fun to make people say things. When you preach the next time, Make people say stuff. It's really fun. You'll enjoy it. You guys too. Okay. Say this after me. Like when I said, had you guys say we the other day? It's like, we. that was fun. Okay. We. Nurture, prepare all God's holy believers to do their own works of ministry. Mm-hmm. So these are gifts. These are people that are appointed with grace to do these, one of these five things to nurture and prepare all of us to do our own work of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. That is a run-on sentence, and Paul is really good at those. And that's the translation. The whole thing is probably one sentence. Anyway, 
basically the fivefold ministry is what we call those five were given by Christ gifts offices that were appointed by Christ to equip the saints to do work of ministry until we all become mature into the fullness and likeness of Jesus God is his he's focused on you and I becoming more like Jesus He's not as concerned. I mean, I, I shouldn't say, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is concerned if you're stuck in something that really needs to die. If it's already been crucified with Christ and on the cross and dead and buried in your union with him, if it needs to die and you're holding on to it, then yeah, he is concerned about that because, not because it's going to keep you from heaven, but because it's going to keep you from becoming more like Jesus. It's actually going to bring things into your life that cause you to, it usually stems from believing lies, so once we start believing lies, it just totally disempowers us. It's like the enemy knows how to neuter the church. He knows how to emasculate the church. He just starts speaking lies about who you are, and the authority that you have to walk in, and the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit in you, and how God sees you, how God feels about you, and his mission and, and desire in you and over you to make you more like Jesus. See, if the enemy can just start to thwart that, and get you to believe that you're just a sinner saved by grace, can barely make it into heaven by the skin of my teeth, probably have the smell of smoke on me because I'm escaping the flames as I cross into glory. Well, all I can say is we, have, we got work to do, and we can't be stuck listening to lies. We need to know who we are. I don't think it's bad to remind us of our royal identity regularly. It's not all about us, but it is about us at the same time. It's all about Jesus. But Jesus left us here because he wants us to be all about him as we're all about us doing what he's called us to do. Does that make sense? I hope so. Okay, I got a fun diagram to show you guys. Okay, I stole this from Anthony Hilder. His little, his little link is up there, Anthony Hilder. So Anthony took the place of Paul Manwaring. Paul Manwaring and he are both Brits. Paul Manwaring and Steve Backland um, were the overseers of Global Legacy, which is Bethel's schooling extension for online people like us. And when Paul Manwaring went back to the UK, he handed it over to Anthony Hilder, and both of them teach a lot on what it, what it means to be apostolic. I don't think we really need to talk about the teacher, because we all know what a teacher is, right? We, don't, we know what a pastor is. The pastors are shepherds. They, they gather sheep and they take care of, they make sure the flock is doing good and protected. We all know what an evangelist is, right? We know the evangelists have this anointing and gifting by God to cast out the net and they pull it in. They preach the gospel and people want to get saved. It's like when they're in the room and they start to preach the message of the cross, people are just like, I need to get saved. You can be a pastor and hear an evangelist and be like, I think I need to get saved again. It just happens that way. So, teacher, pastor, evangelist, backwards in the five. Prophet, most of us are familiar with what a prophet is. You know, the one that kind of their eyes roll back behind. No, they don't do that. They come into the room and you start thinking, oh God, do I have any sin? They're going to call me out in front of everybody and embarrass me in front of the whole church. And if you want some fun stories, you can ask some of the people that have been in the kingdom for a long time and, and hear about some bad prophecy, bad prophetic activity. And that's why we're doing our class coming up in September, because we want to know how to have proper prophetic etiquette. We want to look for the gold and the treasure in people. So we can talk about a prophet, but I think it's really good just to focus a little bit on the apostle, 
because according to Ephesians 2, it says that the church, the church is to be built on a foundation, the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Didn't say all fivefold, although I think all five are included in it, but the foundation, like the structure of the house of God, the people of God being built with a, with a solid footing, needs to have an apostolic prophetic grid, or like I always think of rebar. The rebar inside of our foundation, the cement, needs to be apostolic and prophetic. And of course, Ephesians 2, I think it's 2.20, it says, the foundations of the church should be built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. Duh. Okay. I'm not saying duh to the scripture, but obviously Jesus is going to be the center of it all. He's our chief cornerstone. He's the one that holds it all together. But with him, we need apostolic and prophetic foundations. So without apostolic influence, what happens if we don't have any, doesn't mean we have to have an apostle in the building. It, what, it, what it really means is that we need the influence of apostles in the body of Christ. We can get that through books. You can get that through videos and YouTubes and rumbles and all that stuff. And you can get that through people in the local church that actually have an apostolic anointing. We are all actually called to be apostolic, and it doesn't require an in-person apostle to be in the room to equip the saints, you guys or us, to be apostolic. But when we don't have any apostolic influence, we just want just the Bible preacher, the one that went to seminary, cemetery for 30 years and has a doctorate, and they can turn the scriptures inside and out and tell you what the Greek says and all that. There's nothing wrong with that, but if that's all we ever do is sit under the teaching of the word strictly, let me clarify it again. There's nothing wrong with sitting under the teaching of the Word. That's what we're doing right now. We're looking at the Scriptures, right? We're teaching. We're, we're looking at the Word. But if that's all we ever do, if we don't receive from the gifts of, of the apostles and prophets, we will miss out on something. And this is what will happen. Without apostolic influence that gives a church an outwards and missional focus on things of the kingdom— a church will ultimately become detached from and irrelevant to the people it should serve. Why? Why does that happen? It becomes self-serving, making decisions primarily for the benefit of its own people and not the people it's called to reach. This risks increased church politics and battles for power as different groups fight for causes they are concerned about instead of the wider kingdom vision. So as a church, if we don't have an apostolic input and, and influence in this church, and we don't know what, what God's blueprint is for us and for our influence into the city, then we could get caught up in just doing some of the basic stuffs like preaching and teaching, pastoring one another, ministering to one another, kind of becoming focused on just, just us and not outside. Kind of think of the arrows up there. They're all going in different directions. Pastors kind of focusing inward, you know, the teacher getting the teaching of heaven into you, and the evangelist, you know, trying to focus you outward, go preach to somebody, you know, get somebody saved. The prophet, you know, I don't know why it's pointing up. I guess you had to figure out which way to point it. And the apostle moving forward. So ap apostle means sent, a sent one. And really the simplest way to think of this is Jesus. Look at Jesus. He is the chief apostle. If you want to know what an apostle looks like, look at Jesus. What did he do? Where he went, 
Where, where I go, you go, or yeah, how did the song go? Where I go, you go, where you go, I go. There we go, backwards. Where you go, I go, what you say, I'll say. And what you pray, you know, we want to do only what we hear the Father doing, just like Jesus. We want to be sent. We want to be going out of the walls. We have ministry to do in here. It's important. We need to take care of the sheep and, and uh, encourage and build one another up, right? But if that's all we do, it's going to turn into just not fulfilling our call. Okay, so I'm going to read something here. <clears throat> As you look at the little colored circles up there, this was some of the notage that that Anthony had, according to each one of those. So an apostle partners with the prophet. Why does a prophet need an apostolic partner? Well, here's some good information here. Apostles partner with the prophet by anchoring them in revelation. Excuse me. Let me re reword that. Apostles partner with the prophet by anchoring revelation. Okay, the prophet receives revelation. The apostle comes alongside the prophet and helps them to anchor that revelation, making the prophetic practical and preventing it from turning Gnostic or super spiritual. So if you have a house that's only led by a prophet and that is the main gift, there's never an apostolic gifting, anointing flowing. You don't have evangelists or pastors or teachers. It's just a prophet-led thing. It can get touchy-feely, okay? Those of you who are prophetic, you know how the Lord speaks to you and leads you. We, we need the gifts to flow together. And we need the apostolic to come in with that heavenly blueprint and kind of like the big picture to help the prophetic input that a, a, a prophet has and to help ground that and make it practical for us to embrace it and to walk in it. Does that make sense? like I'm rambling a little bit. For the sake of time, we're going to just move through this quickly, and I think we won't get through the end of the chapter because it's already 12 after. An apostle partners with evangelists. Okay, so the next one, the green circle. They partner with evangelists by envisioning them for God's mission, ensuring that new converts are not just saved, but brought into the cause brought into the assignment, the kingdom assignments. An apostle partners with pastors by focusing their ministry towards getting the sheep ready for mobilization. Getting the sheep ready for mobilization. So pastors want to gather the sheep, but the apostolic influence is getting them ready to be mobilized, to go. Not just to stay as happy, clappy Christians in the meeting place, and that's our that's all the ministry we ever do is just show up and worship God and then we go home and nothing ever changes outside of that. But we catch the heart, the apostolic heartbeat of God to go. An apostle partners with teachers by ensuring teaching facilitates equipping. So it's not just teaching rich expository unfolding of the wonderful word of God. It's not just that but it's taking the scriptures and the truth of God's word and, and helping to facilitate that into practical training and experiential living for the mission instead of just being theoretical or academic. We don't just want head knowledge. We, we, we need to hear from the scriptures how we walk in this. 
Is this making any sense to you guys? You're feeling probably a little done. I know I'm probably feeling a little bit done. Preach it. Preach it. Thanks. One of you is on my, on my side. <laughs> I know you're all on my, I know you all got my back. Well, interject any place you want. I will. Okay. Just put your head on my chest and speak into the microphone right here. <laughs> okay. Let me just say a couple things. We're going to wrap it up about the apostle. So we know that Jesus is our chief apostle, right? He, he is our example for ministry. We look to him for everything. You know, he is the gospel in the flesh. And we, we can study his life. We can follow his example. We want to become more like him. We want to press in the way he pressed in. And it's not that you know, we are Jesus. He is the one we worship but he wants to make us like him. He wants to fill us with his likeness and with his power so that, why? Why do we want to be like Jesus? What was, the, what was Jesus doing when he was walking around this planet? He was undoing the works of the devil. See, the devil knew what Jesus was there for. He wanted to take him out. He didn't want him to fulfill his assignment he tried to tempt him in the garden. Was it the garden in the wilderness? To he tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. Tempted Jesus in the wilderness to give up his his rightful place of authority and worship the devil. But Jesus fulfilled his assignment. He finished it on the cross. And when the Holy Spirit was released upon us, upon the church, and ultimately two thousand years later, us as human beings in this place, in the city. He gave us that, that power and anointing that, so that you and I could do the same works Jesus did. We worship Jesus, but he wants to make us like himself. He wants to display his glory and his power through us. He wants to see captives set free through your hands and your words. But an apostle, you know, that word apostle, is, it's a... It's a newer word. I mean, it's not a word that you see in the Old Testament. There are no apostles in the Old Testament. We had, a, we had prophets and priests and kings. Okay, but in the New Testament, Jesus uses the terminology, the language of the Roman culture. And an apostle in the Roman world was a person that was like a delegate sent by Rome to go into new territory and to Romanize that territory. They were spreading. The kingdom of Rome was spreading. And they would send their, their soldiers and their people, ambassadors, to go into these newly conquered territories and to make it like Roman culture. So that no matter where you went, you could feel like you're in Rome. Jesus is the apostle that came from heaven. He came down from his kingdom to release an apostolic anointing on us, his people, so that as we would go out into the world, into our sphere, that we would make earth look like heaven. That means evicting the devil out of places and people. Got to kick the devil out of people. You can't keep demons around in the... Anyway. So, yeah. Huh? Yeah, get home. <laughs> so that is what an apostle really is. It's, it's an, like an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are delegates. We are apostolic. Boom. That's about it. 
don't you stand, well, should I have you stand up? <clears throat> let, me, let me ramble this list, because then we won't have to go back to most of this next week. So apostolic, it's an empowering culture. So those, we're talking about apostolic culture. It's an empowering culture which sends, it promotes, and celebrates. A shared experience of hope and joy. It's an emphasis on relationship rather than structure. Quick side note, apostolic leaders are not just, they don't just have like a, like a corporate world title or function. They're fathers, they're mothers. It's a relational gifting. Paul said, you don't have many fathers, but I became a father to you in the faith. Apostles have a fathering heart, and they want to see sons and daughters of God come into maturity and to go further than they could have ever dreamed. So they friendship before function, that's right. Relationship, family. It's all to be done in the context of family. We are the family of God. We're the sons and daughters of God. So that's why we celebrate. We emphasize relationship rather than structure. We demonstrate supernatural power. An assignment to represent Christ, who in turn reveals the Father. Strengthening and encouraging interactions with each other. Awareness and value for the unseen realm. So as an apostolic cultured people, we will become more and more aware and value the unseen realm. What is the Holy Spirit doing in the room? Are there angels moving in the room? Some of the seers jump in on that part. There's an ongoing relationship with God who speaks today. The instinctive confronting of the impossible. An apostolic anointing coming upon a people, it, it gives us like a desire to go after the impossible. Someone's got cancer, someone's got a bad di diagnosis, we're going to go after it. On earth, just as it is in heaven. The embracing of mystery. Some of us are very familiar with having to embrace mystery. We don't always get the answers. We don't always know why God didn't do it the way we wanted to have him do it. We don't know if he couldn't do it because of something we weren't doing or what. We just have so many questions, and oftentimes we just got to put it in that box called mystery. Three last points. Building on the foundation of others. So we want to take the foundations that others have laid, and we want to continue to build on those kingdom foundations, kind of like what we've been talking about, taking the seeds and the giftings that are in our family lines or assignments that were given to our city, Bremerton, when it was founded. We want to build on what others had built and maybe didn't get a finish. Ongoing encounters with God. I think that's part of what this, this house is established for. We want to be a place where people can encounter God, encounter his presence. And the last point, perseverance that never quits. So let's stand up. On that point, let's stand up. Perseverance that never quits. I need perseverance that never quits. I, I've never felt the urge to quit. I never felt like, man, is this really going to ever grow? <laughs> Where's Christian tonight? He's such a good encouragement. He's encourage he, he, he has encouraged me so much. He says regularly, don't focus on numbers. He said, God is doing something. And he said, there's thousands of people he knows of that are hungry for what we're doing, what we're establishing. So that encourages me. But even without that encouragement, 
I have perseverance. I am not, God gave us a word. We hold the prophetic promise in front of us and we go until he says, stop. If he says, stop, if a prophet comes in the house and says, you know, God is saying, it's time to shut it down. And I was already sensing that, but I was ignoring it. The things in my heart, God's calling out through a prophet. I'm, I'll, whatever God wants to do. I don't believe that's what God wants us to do. Yeah. We started this year out in the previous year with prophetic promises to go, to, to build. Yeah. Build it and they will come. Yeah. Build it and they will come. There's so many times our, yeah, that's this church's foundation was a simple word like that. Build it and they will come. But it's not, for us, it's not all about getting people to come. Because our heart is to get those who do come to grab hold of the calling of God on your life, to know who you truly are, what your royal identity is in Christ, that you are a, a royal priest. You are a priest who is a king or queen. You are a royal priest. You are an ambassador. You are apostolic. You take the goodness of God out of the building, out of this place, and you are a powerful minister of God. So let's just pray. Jesus, <laughs> or I'm going to keep preaching. Jesus, your spirit gives us perseverance. You give us perseverance. This, the fruit of your spirit in us is love, joy. People, you could all pray, see it out, say it out with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering perseverance, or kindness, and goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So, Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of God that you've given us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you are striving with us. You are working with us, and you are working your fruit, your nature, your character, the facets of who you are, of your nature and your glory in us to manifest it through us. So, Lord, I'll be the first to say I need more perseverance. I need more patience. I need more self-control. I need more love, God. And I could definitely use some more joy, even though I like to laugh. I could use kindness, because I can often be harsh. But, God, I know that your heart inside of each one of us is to conquer that opposite spirit, to conquer that flesh, and to let the life of God grow in that broken, tilled soil of our hearts that we would produce fruit, fruit that lasts, fruit that multiplies. So God, we just lay our hearts at your feet tonight. We lay our hearts on the altar and we say, Jesus, come and have your way in us. Master gardener, come and till, till the soil of our hearts. Holy Spirit, let the, the rain of your presence water us Soften the ground. Break up the hardened, fallow ground. Soften us, God. Saturate us with, with your grace. And we desire to manifest Jesus. We desire to make your name glorious and glorified in our city, in our lives, in our families. In Jesus' name. All right, amen.